0: Our gospel for today is from Luke, the ninth chapter. Now, about eight days after Jesus saying these things, he took Peter and John and James and went up to the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my Son, my Chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent, and in those days no one told any of the things that they had seen. On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, a great crowd met him. Just then a man from the crowd shouted, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son. He is my only child. Suddenly a spirit seizes him and all at once he shrieks. It convulses him until he foams at the mouth. It mauls him and will scarcely leave him. I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered, You faithless and perverse generation, how much longer must I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. While he was coming, the demon dashed him to the ground in convulsions. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And all were astounded at the greatness of God. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Grace to you and peace from God, our creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. When you look at me, what do you see? Do you see a young lady? A white woman? A tall, somewhat fluffy person? I prefer fluffy recently till the term overweight. Do you see my collar and my stature and make assumptions? On my coffee house days or when I'm at the grocery store, It's always interesting to notice how people treat me and interact with me differently based on whether or not I'm wearing a collar. And while you might be able to guess, just from looking at me, that I'm a white female of German heritage, there's no way that you would know my gifts, my talents, what I enjoy doing, what my favorite foods are, what brings me joy and pain, what types of music I like to listen to, etc., It's amazing how many people take one look at me and assume that my favorite book to read is the Bible and that I only listen to classical or Christian music. Some people think I have the Bible memorized, which I don't, and most other pastors do not as well. Some people have made the assumption that I don't drink alcohol because of my beliefs. And it's always a surprise to people that I don't actually just watch documentaries about Jesus and history and G-rated movies all the time. As well as the fact that I enjoy a good murder mystery. And I like to play board games and what and video games with my children. I also have friends outside the church who aren't Christian, but don't tell anybody. I'm sure you do as well. All of this is simply to say that you can't judge a book by its cover. You can't truly know who someone is just by looking at them. It takes time and building relationships with people. You can't make assumptions about people by how they look, talk, or even how they act. You need to take the time to get to know them, to listen to their story, their experiences, from their perspective. I think this is a good reminder for us today as we think about Transfiguration Sunday. Because it's easy for us to see what's going on around us and to see the people around us, but to not really understand, know, or truly hear what other people and God is trying to say through these events and these people. In our Old Testament lesson, we hear about how whenever Moses met with God, his face shone brightly, and this scared the people. I admit that this would be a little frightening for me to see as well. But the reason this was so scary is because they thought that because Moses' face was glowing, that he had become some sort of god himself. And those of you who are familiar with Greek and Roman mythology, you'd probably remember that the gods would frequently play tricks on the people and would punish the people unless the people did everything that the gods said. There were even rumors that simply looking at a God would instantly kill you. This was all common belief and superstition during the time of Moses. But in reality, Moses didn't really change on the inside. Moses was still Moses. He still had his favorite foods. He still did the things that he liked, had his hobbies, so to speak. He was just given an important job that happened to change his outer appearance. I bet your appearance has changed over time and especially based on some of the jobs you've had, right? If you work in a professional business office, you might dress more professionally. If you are a pastor, you might wear a collar. If you are a mechanic, I'm sure you don't wear your Sunday best to work and your hands will probably be stained with oil and grease forever. But because of the fear of the people at Moses' appearance. Moses felt he had to hide his face with a veil so that the people would really be able to hear what he, and by extension, God, would have to say. And it's a shame, really. I bet Moses had trouble making friends after that. It's like all the people saw after that moment was Moses, the man of God. His own identity went away, and he was seen only as that. And people only came up to him to complain. Can you imagine being a social pariah? Not being able to make friends because of what you look like? Being afraid, people being afraid of you because of what you look like. Not being treated the same as everyone else because you look different. Feeling like you have to hide your face in order to be heard or listened to. This is what a person of color goes through almost every single day of their lives, from what I've been told. It's unfortunate, but in the world we live in, the color of your skin dictates how you're treated in this country and in other countries around the world as well. A person of color is often seen as what they are on the outside and judged by that. End of story. That's what racism is. People don't take the time to get to know who they really are, who God created them to be, glowing messengers and children of God. Their stories, their experiences need to be heard and deserve to be heard because their stories are a part of God's story, a part of the human story. And yet, even after all this time, many still feel as though they need to hide their faces, who they are. And the systems in place that seem to encourage and reinforce poverty and inequality in our country, and yes, even others, force people of color to stay in the shadows. It doesn't help either that so many of our scriptures have been misinterpreted to support racism, and this idea that the way you look dictates who you are, dictates your value. The story of the transfiguration is one of those. Now, I've seen many pictures of the Transfiguration throughout my life. I'm sure you have as well. And very few of them portray dark-skinned Jesus. In fact, if you go to Google Images and type in the Transfiguration, as I did this past week, you will find only one or two pictures out of hundreds that portray Jesus as dark-skinned. But rest assured, Jesus who was born, lived, and died in the Middle East, as a Jew, was dark-skinned, as were his disciples, as were Moses and Elijah. And so this image of a bright, shiny white Jesus is just not accurate. Now, Scripture does say that his clothes were dazzling white and that his face changed but it does not say that Jesus transformed into a white man. It does say that Jesus appeared in the glory of God, spoke to Moses and Elijah about his death in Jerusalem, and that God's presence was very evident as God tells the disciples to listen to him. Now, why would God say this? Up until this story, Jesus has performed miracles. He has traveled, slept, and ate with the disciples, taught the masses, and yet they are only guessing at who Jesus is. They still don't really know who Jesus is, and they still are having trouble listening to what Jesus is saying. Jesus will not overthrow the current leaders. The disciples will not become rich and powerful or gain fame and glory by fighting in a war, which is a horrific way to try and win fame and glory, by the way, in my opinion. No, Jesus, God, will die, which he has told them once already, but he will have to tell them many times again because they still have trouble understanding what that means. The disciples will be faced with the choice of standing with Jesus and dying with him or having to hide in order to save their own lives, a horrible decision for anyone to have to make. And then they will be social pariahs for a while themselves. They will have to hide in an upper room and stay away from their families for fear of being killed for their beliefs or their families being interrogated or tortured. There will be no easy road for these disciples, many of whom do end up dying horrible deaths. So what is the point of the transfiguration story, you may ask? Why do we even talk about it at all? Well, as we heard Paul talk about in our reading from 2 Corinthians, the difference between Moses' transfiguration story, so to speak, and Jesus' transfiguration is that Moses was an intermediary between humanity and God because the people were afraid of God. Moses even felt he had to hide his face so the people wouldn't be afraid and would listen to him. Jesus, on the other hand, was revealed to be God, shown in all his glory. And therefore, the disciples who were there were able to be directly in the presence of God, and see God in Jesus as a human being. And while they too were afraid, they never felt the need to hide their faces behind a veil as Jesus' followers, though later they would hide behind doors of an upper room for a short time until Jesus was resurrected and freed them from that fear. And Jesus certainly never hid his face. He was bold in taking on all that he was faced with and what he believed in. And he was killed for simply being who he was. But he never hid his face from the people. And now we who have that same spirit of God living among us are also given the charge to live boldly with unveiled faces because we have direct access to God. We are invited And encouraged to listen to God by truly listening to the experiences of God and stories from all people. Because our story is God's story. And we are transformed by God's story living among us. No one should have to hide who they really are. Because we are all transformed by the love of God in Christ Jesus. And therefore, we are all God's people. As followers of Jesus, we are called to live as free people, lifting up the plight of the outcast, lifting up those who are being treated unjustly, those silenced because of what they look like on the outside, instead of who they truly are on the inside. And we start that work by simply listening to the stories of others, allowing them to shine as brightly as Jesus living within them as Jesus lives within all of us. To practice this, and to allow myself and all of us together to be transformed by God through listening, I'd like to end today with a poem by one of my favorite black authors, Maya Angelou. It's called Equality. You declare you see me dimly through a glass which will not shine. Though I stand before you boldly, trim in rank and marking time. You do own to hear me faintly, as a whisper out of range, while my drums beat out the message and the rhythms never change. Equality and I will be free. Equality and I will be free. You announce my ways are wanton, that I fly from man to man. But if I'm just a shadow to you, could you ever understand? We have lived a painful history. We know the shameful past, but I keep on marching forward and you keep coming in last. Equality and I will be free. Equality and I will be free. Take the blinders from your vision. Take the padding from your ears and confess you've heard me crying and admit you've seen my tears. Hear the tempo so compelling. Hear the blood throb in my veins. Yes, my drums are beating nightly and the rhythms never change. Equality and I will be free. Equality and I will be free. Amen.